And appreciate that good song. I failed to give you some good information. Um, how many of you like good news? You like good news? Well, let me give you some good news. One of our missionaries, Paul Hamilton, is in Moldova. Moldova is right on the border of Ukraine. And there has been a lot of traffic from Ukraine into Moldova. Uh, we tried to give him some money to help reach some of those people. And um, he sent me a text today, early this morning. I don't know if it's maybe seven, eight hours difference in, in time. But he was just beside himself. And he said that uh, they, had, uh, they had five Ukrainians trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then he added this, and he said, and then we had one Russian get saved as well. Isn't that good? Well, that's a blessing. And uh, I know that... Uh, Every time I hear something about Moldova, and I've, I've expressed this to a couple of men in the church, I feel like we need to go over there and help somehow, but we just, the, the ticket prices are just exorbitantly expensive. No real way to get into that part of the country right now, the world. And yet there is somebody, God's got his man there getting the job done and people are getting saved. Amen. And I praise the Lord for that. Take your Bible, go back to Philemon, if you would, tonight. Philemon. I would say Philemon chapter 1, but we know that. Philemon, Philemon, the book of Philemon. And um, this morning got such a blessing. I, I thought it was such a privilege to get to preach about Jesus Christ being a friend. And I'm glad that I have a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he showed his friendship by taking and carrying my sins for me. And he showed his friendship by carrying my weakness when I don't have the strength to go forward. And carrying my sorrow and my cares, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And that's exactly what's going on in the passage with Paul and Onesimus. And Onesimus has been born again. But there's a phrase that I really want to zero in on tonight. And I believe it, it needs to be taken literally as it's written. If you look in verse number 18, if he hath wronged thee, speaking of Onesimus, Paul is speaking this to Philemon. If he hath wronged thee, Philemon, or oweth thee ought, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. If you would underline that phrase, I will repay it. I will repay it. In other words, God, God is letting us see the picture not just of Calvary. Um, I know that we can find Christ in putting our sins on his account and taking care of us and making payment for us. But I believe that the words here ought to be taken literally as well, the historic truth of the matter. I don't think when Paul showed up and saw Philemon that he was expected that Philemon just say, oh, you know, don't worry about that, Paul, that's all right. And, and yet, I, I think Paul's intention was exactly that, to pay whatever had been taken or whatever was owed. In other words, he was going to repay whatever monies or whatever loss it was that Onesimus had caused. And I'd like to say tonight, listen, I, I believe this. How many of you believe that salvation saves you from the penalty of sin? Aren't you glad we don't have to go to hell? How many believe that salvation also saves you from the power of sin? I believe that. 
And I believe that Onesimus experienced that. He experienced salvation, being born again. And now he's saved from the penalty and power of sin, but, but it's his responsibility to establish a good testimony. And what I mean by that is this. The word restitution is what I'm going to preach on tonight. Restitution. I will repay. That's what Paul says. You know, I, I think it's a great thing that you get right with God. Don't you, don't you think? Isn't it a blessing to be right with God? But being right with God doesn't necessarily mean you're right with other people. Right. In fact, I would say this. Once you get right with God, it becomes a whole lot easier to get right with other people. But there are people that sometimes that we need to get right with. Maybe our neighbor. We've got an issue with our neighbor. Maybe we've got an issue with somebody at work. You're born again. Saved from the penalty of sin. You're saved from the power of sin. Your name's been written down in heaven. And all of those things are true, but being right with God is not the same thing as being right with the people you work with or the people in your church. Sometimes people get cross with one another in church. Now, I don't think that happens here. I think here everybody loves everybody. Well, that did not, y'all did not help that. You didn't help that. Now, we, we, we're supposed to love one another. You, you might need to make restitution in your family. And I think the idea here is this. The idea is that Philemon, Philemon has the power to choose to forgive the debt that Onesimus has. He has that power. In other words, he can say, okay, look, Onesimus, you don't worry about it. That money you took, those things that you took when you left, don't you worry about it. I'm going to forget it. Or he has the power to say, listen, I'm just going to write it off. I, I'm, I'm not going to keep a record of it anymore. I want you to know, Onesimus, when you come back, it's all clean. But that is not a choice that Onesimus gets to make. If you understand what I'm saying, if Onesimus is guilty of taking something from Philemon, then he has the responsibility not just to be born again, but also to make it right with Philemon. And many times what we do, I think, in Christianity, and I, I, I think, it's, I think it is, it's all right, but I don't think it reaches the depths it needs to. Sometimes people stand up and they say, I'm sorry for something. Well, I'm sorry. And, you know, I think saying I'm sorry is all right. If you met somebody in the parking lot tonight and they said, listen, I'm sorry, I backed into your car and I just messed it all up. Well, you might appreciate their apology, but if they don't do anything to fix your car, you're not going to appreciate that too long, are you? Saying I'm sorry and giving an apology is not enough. In other words, a public apology, and we do this. I have seen people, churches do this. Somebody gets into some kind of problem and they come up before the church and they make a public apology. And I think a public apology should only be made, are you listening to me? It should only be made if there's been a repentant heart. You shouldn't make it a public apology just because you got caught. You know, we see enough of that on television. Somebody gets caught, somebody's in an affair, somebody's embezzled something, and now they step in front of the microphones and they say, I've disgraced my family, and I've disgraced my own name, and I'm so sorry. Well, that apology may be all right, but if the only reason you're apologizing because you got caught, then it really is not, it's not something that's going to help anything at all. And I think that there ought to be some time. Now, listen, those things need to be put back in order. There needs to be restitution. So Onesimus took something or he incurred some kind of loss on Philemon and he needs to make that right. Now, the Bible's clear about what restitution is. And restitution is taking and 
giving something back to someone because of a loss or because of an injury or, or because of something that was taken. And you can do that. You can make that right. And, and if you'll take it, leave a mark right there in Philemon. I do want to show you something, though. This is not just across the board. Go, if you would, to Proverbs 6, just a moment. Leave a mark right in Philemon. We'll be right back there. When I say restitution needs to be made, okay, I'm right with God. Now I need to be right with my fellow man. I need to be right with my church members, my church family. I need to be right with my neighbors. I need to make things right with my family. I need to make things right with friends and coworkers. But, but that really... That really is not across the board. There are some things, are you listening to me? There are some things you can't make right with men. Now I'm glad that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. I am glad there is no sin that the blood cannot wash away. But just because the blood washes that sin away doesn't mean that everything else can be made right. Proverbs 6, for instance. The Bible says there in verse number 30, men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he's hungry. Somebody's hungry, they steal something to eat it. Man doesn't despise that man. Verse 31, but if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. So he stole something. Now he's got to restore it sevenfold. He's got to pay back more than he took. He shall give all the substance of his house. Now look at the next verse though. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away, for jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom. Neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts. Do you see that? Listen, when you step across the lines of marriage and you go out and you commit fornication and adultery with another man's wife or with another woman's husband, when you step across that line, you can give all the gifts that you want. You can make all the apologies you want, but the Bible says that is not going to change what you did. The, the only thing you can do is get, get forgiveness from God. And hope then that the spouse will come along with that. So when I say tonight restitution, I think there are some things that cannot be restored. If you take another man's life, there's no way to untake that life. Those are things that cannot be undone. What I'm talking about tonight, though, is on a little bit different level. So if you go back again and look there in Philemon, let me read it to you one more time. And I want you to get where I'm trying to go with what the Holy Ghost has let the Apostle Paul write down, Onesimus, a runaway servant, in prison, gets born again, and Paul sends him back. And when he sends him back, the message he gives to Philemon is this, verse 18, If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee ought, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written with mine own hand, I will repay it. I am going to make this thing right, Philemon, I will repay it. Now, I think that is something that is probably not preached about, probably something that we don't teach today the way we should. Today, so many people feel like an apology is good enough, but really restitution is what the Bible talks about. And that's what Paul is talking about. He's not just telling Philemon, just take it. He's saying, Philemon, when I get there, I'm going to look my wallet, I'm going to get out my, my money, I'm going to pay for what was broken or what was taken. Go with me to Luke chapter 19. Let me show that to you there. 
Luke 19. In Luke chapter 19, we have a story that most children know very well. Do you know the song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for to see what he could see. And as the Lord passed that way, I forgot the rest of the song. I'll just move on to the chapter. Zacchaeus. Now look at Zacchaeus for a moment. I'm talking about restitution now. Verse number one. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. A publican was a man that worked in the public sector taking taxes from the Jews and giving them to Rome. And they were hated people. The Bible says he was a publican, but look at that last little phrase. You see that in your Bible? And he was what? He was rich. The Bible notes that Zacchaeus was not just the chief of the publicans, but he was a rich man. And he wants to see Jesus because he's heard about all these things that he's done. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today. And when he goes to his house, the Bible says that Jesus, in verse number 7, he was going to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Boy, I'm going to say it again tonight. I'm glad that Jesus is a friend of sinners. Amen. Amen. Well, when salvation came to Zacchaeus' house, look at the very next verse. Look what he says. Look at restitution. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. That's restitution. In other words, Zacchaeus is saying, I'm going to take half of what I have, half of what I have, and I'm going to give it back to the poor. That indicates to me that he probably had taken things that he did not have the right to. He probably created some situations. Look at it there again in verse number 8. If I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, maybe he said, hey, look, prices are going up. You're going to have to pay a little bit more on your taxes this year, and maybe I can help you out. And he padded his pocket with that. He was deceitful about what they were going to have to pay. Maybe he bumped the number up. How many of you feel like the IRS just bumps the number up arbitrarily? Anybody feel like that? You can't keep up with the tax code today. I know we've had people in our church that work there. I, you, when I look at the tax code for ministers, it's, it's about that big. I have a CPA because I don't have enough time to understand all the changes in the tax code. And I know they get changed and I know things get, 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 get moved around. And so I'm just saying, Zacchaeus had the liberty to move things around and, and he put money in his pocket. So he says in verse number 8, if I've taken anything by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Can you imagine that scene? Stop with me for a minute, a minute in your mind. Can you imagine Zacchaeus, little short fella, born again, and instead of coming around the corner with the normal face that he has, he's whistling because he's been born again. Somebody says, oh, no, there's Zacchaeus. I know he's going to come with his books and he's wanting money. We already paid Zacchaeus. No, I got something I need to give you. Open the door, he comes in and says, listen, I just want you to know that over the last 10 years, I've really done you wrong. And he reaches up and he pulls a big bag of money out and he sets it on the table and he says, I just want you to know that I'm not giving you back what I took from you, but I've multiplied it times four. How many of you think that would have caused a stir in somebody's house? 
You know, I think it's funny. We get checks from the government that are a stimulus. You do understand that that stimulus is your tax dollars. They want you to be happy about giving money to yourself that's been taxed. Zacchaeus is not, Zacchaeus, if, it, if he took from that man $100, there's 400 sitting there. If he took 1000 there's 4000 How many of you get happy about $4,000? You get happy about that? Can you imagine after Zacchaeus walked out and he's going, can you imagine the conversation? You won't believe what happened today. You remember Zacchaeus? Yeah, that little guy, I hate that guy. Always wanting more money. He came by today and he paid me money and gave me back four times the amount that he'd taken. What's wrong with him? Did he, did he have a death in his family? No, he said that he bumped into this guy named Jesus and it changed his life. Can you see that in your mind, that scene being replayed over and over and over again? Can, can I say something to you? Listen, I, I think it's, it's fine to be able to say, I'm sorry, I did this and I shouldn't have done that. The proof of your salvation, and at least for Zacchaeus, the proof of his salvation was he was willing to go and restore the problem that he had caused. He believed in restitution, something you couldn't argue with. I've heard so many people say, well, I don't know if they really got saved or not. You know, I'm telling you, there was nobody that doubted that, that, that God had done something in Zacchaeus' life because he was a changed man. Listen, when people start giving away money, God's got a hold of their heart. Zacchaeus says, I'm going to restore that. You know, David used that same principle. When he was told about that man that had all these sheep that came and took that one little ewe lamb, you know what he told Nathan? He said, that man is going to restore fourfold what he took. And Nathan said, thou art the man. You know, David lost four of his children, one after he'd gone to heaven. I don't find that coincidental. Fourfold, that's restitution. That is paying back not only the problem, but also going farther than that. Look at it again with me in Exodus chapter 22. Would you go there? Exodus 22. So you and I, if we want proof of our Christianity, the people we work with, the, the people we live in the same neighborhood with, the people we go to church with, if there's a problem, if there's something that's been taken, if there's something that's an injury that's occurred, then we need to take and we need to make that right. And that proves that there's something on the inside that God has done. Exodus 22, the same thing is true in this passage. Look at Exodus 22. You have civil law, you have ceremonial law, you have moral law. And here in Exodus 22, the moral law, the eighth commandment is thou shalt not steal. How many of you think it's wrong to steal? How many think it's really wrong to steal from you? Yeah. You know, we think it's wrong to steal. You know, people today, they steal automobiles and they, uh, they steal cash options. That's called fraud. They, uh, they steal designer clothes. I, I don't like the new terminology, smash and grab. I think we ought to go back to the original terminology, looting. You say, well, that sounds bad. Well, it's, it, it is bad to go into somebody else's store and break the window and walk in and take stuff out that doesn't belong to you. Do you know what most of the things that are taken when they do the smash and grab, you know it's designer clothing? I'm going to say that again. It's designer clothing. It's clothing that's got to have a name on it or a symbol on it or an emblem on it. 
which tells me a little bit about their mindset. It's not that I need something to keep me warm or I need something, you know, I don't have any clothes. I've got to go find the whatever brand it is to be able to wear that so I can be cool and, and so I can be looked at with, with you know, with, with admiration and I finally made it because I've got these special designer clothes. It's wrong to take something that doesn't belong to you. Do you know most of the time when burglars go into your house, a thief goes into your house, they take cash, they'll take drugs today. They'll take jewelry. They can take electronics. Sometimes I wish they'd take our dogs, but I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> They're looking for something specific. Well, Exodus 22 addresses that very thing. You could find property rights in Exodus 22. You can find the right to own a weapon in Acts 22. There's a lot here, but look in verse number one. If a man steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. Do we have anybody here that raises cattle? Who has cattle? David, you raise cattle? So, so what would a typical, what would a large, what would a large cow, how much would a large cow be on the hoof? $3,000. So somebody goes and they take, and they, they take $3,000? We need to get in the cattle raising business. <laughs> yeah. The Bible says that if he takes one of those, He's got to restore five. I can do the math. That's $15,000. You say, that's, that's overboard. What God is saying is, it's not just enough for you to give back what you've taken. You've got to make restitution. An ox is used to work. That's like you taking that man's vehicle that he works with. Uh, an ox can produce more oxen, which means that they could have made more little oxes. A sheep, they make more little sheep. So what you do when you take something that belongs to somebody else like that, he's saying you're going to have to do more than just give back what you've taken. In other words, it's not just to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was hungry. I killed your prized Angus bull. And the steaks were really good, and I'm so sorry. He said, well, then you need to give me five Angus bulls for that. That's, that's going beyond and making restitution. And he says, five oxen for an ox, four sheep for a sheep. Look, verse number three. If, a, if the sun be risen upon him, there should be blood shed for him, for he should make full restitution if he have nothing. In other words, this thief, if this thief doesn't have anything to give back, then he shall be sold for his theft. I have never done it. How many of you have ever seen on television somebody having to go and wash dishes because they didn't have the money to pay for the food of the restaurant? Anybody ever seen that? Well, I guess I watched the wrong shows. The idea is if you eat our food and you don't have the money, we're going to put you to work here. You know, wouldn't that be a novel idea? If you go in and you steal $5,000 worth of material or, or merchandise from somebody's store, you've got to go back and not just give back the $5,000 worth of work. You've got to double that or triple that. I think that'd probably cut on down the number of times people walk into a place. That's called restitution. Look at it again, if you would. The verse down below it, verse number four. If the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, in other words, he didn't eat it or didn't sell it, whether it be ox or ass or sheep, he shall restore double. 
You got to give back twice as much, not just what you took. You got to give back twice as much. That is repeated down in verse number seven and verse number nine. You have to pay double. In other words, if you take something, it's going to cost you more in the long run. But don't you think that's probably the way we ought to look at it anyway? If you're going to take something that belongs to somebody else without their permission, you probably ought to have to pay more than what you took. That would deter people from taking things. Just like, and I know the country doesn't want to hear it, and I, don't, I know even religious people don't want to hear it. I'm going to tell you, if you, you want to cut down on murder in the country, you don't have to worry about banning assault rifles. You take somebody that takes somebody's life, and on public TV, you take his life on public TV. That's called capital punishment. If somebody, listen, if a young man goes in, it's 18 years of age, and he kills a bunch of children, I think they ought to take him, I think they ought to kill him publicly on television. You say, well, that, that won't help anything. I'll tell you what it might do. The next guy that thinks about doing it, he might think twice about it. Instead of getting a lot of publicity and your name being in the paper or something like that, you know what would happen? Maybe somebody would think for a little while, maybe I don't need to do that. If you had to pay back, more than what you took, it might help you not to want to take anything in the first place. Amen. 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 Then, then you have in verse number five, if a man shall cause a field or a vineyard to be eaten and shall put in his beast and shall feed in another man's field, the best of his own field and the best of his own vineyard shall he make restitution. So you take and you let your ox get in somebody else's nice garden and just eat whatever's there. He said, if you do that, if you did it by accident, if you did it on purpose, you got to go and get the very best you have, and you got to bring it back to that individual. Look at the next verse. If a fire break out and catch in the thorn so that the stacks of corn or standing corn or the field be consumed therewith, he that kindleth the fire shall surely make, look at it, restitution. So a guy, maybe he's out burning, uh, burning brush, and he has no intention of harming another man's field. By the way, how many of you know that it's a bad idea to start a bonfire or a brush fire with gasoline? Did you know that? Well, no, I'm going to pour it on here, and after I get it poured on, I'll light it because it's easy to light. Yeah, it's easy to light, but it's also easy to run. I remember we had a big pile that we burned out behind our house there at the Parsonage in Alabama. And uh, one of the men in the church, you know, he, he, he was really, you know, he, he, he's an army guy. And he's pouring, he just pouring all kind of gas on that fire, big fire. And he's going to light that thing. I can still, when he lit that thing up, there was a blue flame. We're all running. That blue flame ran along the ground and we're running because it didn't just start the fire there. It started all other places and burned him as well. Bad choice. But if you start a fire and it burns your neighbor's field, then the Bible says you don't just go to them and say, I'm sorry. You know, the wind does blow strange ways, and I didn't have enough hose to be able to put it out. No, he said, You need to make rest. You got to make that right. You need to take and you need to give a return to make it right. Look at it one more time there, the, the way it ends there. Look at verse number 14, and the Bible says, And if a man borrow aught of his neighbor, and it be hurt or die. You know, now we borrow a car, and you don't have to worry about it dying as in no, no longer breathing. Back then, if you borrowed somebody's horse, it might die on you. Has anybody ever borrowed a car and it break down after you borrowed it? You know, when you do that, that's a real bad feeling, isn't it? 
It's kind of like that guy that went with Elijah and they're, they're, they're trying to build a larger place because they've run out of room and he borrows an axe and he's, he's felling it with a stroke and all of a sudden that axe head into the water and he says, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. He's thinking in his mind, I'm going to have to not just pay for that one. I'm going to have to give him back a couple of those things. He's got to He's got to make restitution. Look at verse 14. And if it be heard or die, the owner thereof being not with it, he shall surely make it good. Now, can I say this? I think you ought to pay your bills. If you don't pay your bills, you're stealing from somebody. Come on now. If you don't pay your bills, you're stealing from somebody. You say, I don't have the money to pay it. Then you need to go to that individual and you need to tell them, hey, look, I don't have the money to pay it all, but here's what I have. And when, I'm, when I get some more money in my hand, I promise I'll be back and I'll pay you more. And I think that's exactly what you ought to do. Amen. You know, we have people sometimes in a Christian school, they, they feel like that they can't pay their bill. Well, they don't understand that what we do is we pay our teachers with what comes in. So when you say, well, I don't have any money to pay the bills that you have or, or the, my school bill, well, then that means that we have teachers, then we, should we go and tell them, listen, you need to work for free. Come on, have you, how many of you don't think it's really profitable to work for free? And what I'm saying is, if you owe something, you ought to pay it. But listen, especially if you damage something, if you've borrowed something, if you, listen, if there's some money that you borrowed from somebody and you hadn't paid that back, you ought to go take care of that. I got four amens. You ought to go take care of that. Guys that said amen to the people have got money borrowed from them and hadn't been paid back yet. Right. That's called restitution. And then add a little extra to it. Because the idea that we're looking at is Paul is not just saying, hey, Philemon, just, just forget it. Hey, just whatever the loss was, you just take it. That's not what he said. I'm going to pay you back what Onesimus messed up. Go to one other place, 1 Samuel chapter 12, and I'll be finished. 1 Samuel chapter 12. Now, as best I know, my dad was the kind of man that I want to be when it comes to taking care of my bills and making certain that I repay or make restitution for something that I have caused loss in. And I think that we all ought to want to be like that. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, Samuel has come before the, the nation of Israel. And verse 2, he says, And now behold, the king walketh before you, and I am old and gray-headed. I'm old. And behold, my sons are with you, and I have walked before you from my childhood unto this day. Behold, here I am witnessed against me before the Lord and before his anointed, whose ox have I taken? Or whose ass have I taken? Or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed? Or of whose hand have I received any bribe to blind mine eyes therewith? And I will restore you. You see what he's doing? He's at the end of his days. He's at the end of his time being the prophet in Israel. And he says, listen, have I defrauded anybody? Have I taken anything from you? If you tell me what I've taken, if you'll show me what I've done, I'll restore it to you. Look at the very next verse. Look at the next verse. And they said, thou hast not defrauded us nor oppressed us, neither hast thou taken aught of any man's hand. You know what I'm going to tell you? 
That's the way you want to go out of this world. You want to go out of this world not having people remember what you took from them or what you didn't pay them back for or how that you did something that really caused them a loss. You know how you want to go out? You want to go out with somebody saying, that guy right there, he paid his bills. He made things right. He took care of his business. That's the way you want to go out. When, when you leave your job and you retire from your workplace, that's the way you want to go out. You don't want to go out with people saying, I can't believe they're letting him walk out of these doors. I mean, we ought to go ahead and get a pound of his flesh because of all that he owes us. You, don't want, you want people, when you walk out of that, that workplace, to say, that guy right there took care of his business. He paid his bills. He didn't defraud any of us. He lived a righteous life. He had something different on the inside. That's the testimony we ought to want. We ought to want a testimony that says, I'm willing to work to make up for the things that I've broken and not blame it on somebody else. I'm willing to take and make good on the errors that I have done. I'm willing to take the time and the energy to make that right. I will repay it. I am not going to leave that bill for somebody else. I'm not going to ignore it. I will repay it. And who knows? Somebody just might be kind enough to you and one say, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and forgive that debt. You're all right. We're not going to require you to pay anymore. God can do all kinds of things like that. But now, I'm saying what I've said tonight. Say this. We ought to be right in the eyes of God. Would you say amen to that? Onesimus got born again. He's right in the eyes of God. But we ought to want to try to be right in the eyes of men. We ought to take care of things we've broken. We ought to pay those things that would cause somebody loss. We ought to make certain that we're good for that and that we give Jesus Christ, come on, a good testimony. He deserves that. He deserves that. Amen. Amen. It's not about how much you can get out of life. It's about what you can give. Amen. All right, any questions? Brother Brad, you here? Right away. Any questions? Wow, all right. Yes, sir, Joseph? So the question is, do you think, since that's Old Testament, do you think it would be good to apply fourfold or fivefold? Here's what I would just say. I think not only do you need to pay back what you've taken, but it probably would be good to recognize the loss that somebody might have incurred. Um, so if I borrowed a man's uh, car and I wrecked it, then I not only probably ought to take care of that, but if he was out of work for a week, then I probably ought to do something about that. That's what I would say. Yes, sir. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Brother Rappinchuk? To the tithe? Well, I can tell you. My, so the question is, does that apply to tithing? I give you my answer. Um, for seven years of my life, I lived in the world and never tithed. I got saved at five. When I got right with God at 23, I felt like I owed the Lord what I would say is back tithing. And I tried to give money not only to cover what I was making then, but also to cover what I had made in my own mind and tithe to the Lord and give missions money as well. 
even to the point to where the guy that was my accountant told me that um, he told my dad, you know, your son's given too much money. And if you've been let out of the hog pen and put back right fellowship with God, I don't think you, they, they need a price for that. So I would say yes. I would say yes. That would be, that'd be good. Good question. Brother Steve. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you're saying if, if, if Philemon didn't feel like he had done anything wrong, I think it's hard to make restitution if you don't think you've done anything wrong. Boy, I tell you, I see the Lord in that right there. And a lot of times my heart's not right where it should be, but I got a God in heaven that's trying to get it to work that way on a regular basis. Amen. Amen. Any other question? That's good questions. I should have known we'd get questions talking about money. <laughs> All right. I appreciate your attention. I think we have people. Listen, I believe that Tabernacle's filled with people with character. I cannot imagine this church being full of people who don't pay bills. I believe you pay your bills. In fact, I think Dr. Sutton said it this way. If you don't pay your bills, you, you, you don't need to shout. Right? Right. All right, Brother Brad, if you come this way. We got two, just a, a, two little quick things we need to bring to you as far as just the deacons and um, 